1: It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories.
2: Welcome to those of you who have joined us at, at this edition of The Kingdom and Its Stories today. We're delighted to have you with us, and we have John Scrogan's with us. And uh, John, welcome. We're delighted to have you. I just, I just want to remind those who are listening and or watching that uh, this program is designed specifically to encourage the listeners through examples of other people who have heard God's call to be Jesus' hands and feet in the lives of the people. And, And so my prayer as you listen and or watch today is that the Holy Spirit will use this interview with John to encourage you uh, for uh, thinking new ways about how you can be Jesus' hands and feet right where you are. John, welcome.
3: Well, thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate the, the opportunity to be with you this morning.
2: Well, yeah, we're delighted to have you with us. And where are you located?
3: I am in Columbus, Ohio. So uh, the Buckeye State.
2: Okay, In, a Midwesterner.
3: A Midwesterner, that's oh, right. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, John, the Baton Exchange is the organization you lead. Tell us a little bit about the B- Baton Exchange. We'll go into more detail later, but just what's a summary?
3: Sure. The big idea is is to equip the next generation of Christian young adults to get ready to receive the leadership baton. And so we're trying to help them become. Uh, influencers, redemptive influencers for Christ, no matter what their work is, no matter where they're placed in their culture.
2: Okay, you talk about young people. What age uh, range are we talking about generally?
3: Yeah, sure, Bob. The the age range that we're talking about is 20 to about 32 years old. So kind of that 20-something. And so why have you chosen that age? Well, it's such a foundational time of life. A lot of big decisions are being made during that period of time. And uh, for whatever reason, the Lord's drawn me, drawn my heart to that particular uh, age group.
2: And so the, your, your response to them or challenge to them is mentoring them?
3: Yeah, it's mentoring them. It's equipping them as to help them think about um, uh, from a biblical worldview. How can they uh, live out their calling uh, as Christ is asking them to?
2: Okay, so the young people that <clears throat> come into the Baton Exchange are already believers?
3: They are. They're already believers. And so we're trying to disciple them and equip them kind of at the next level.
2: Okay. We'll come to some stories about that in a yes. minute. But but I want to know, first of all, uh, and our listeners do too, who is John Scrovens?
3: Well, I am a follower of Jesus, Amen. first and foremost. And then uh, I'm a dad and a husband. And uh, I just love to invest in young adults and and learn from older folks who uh, are interested in investing in me. So I'm a learner, lifelong learner, and uh, um, just really try to leverage that desire to learn and grow uh, in order to help others.
2: How did God um, lead you to that place in your life?
3: Well, my background's in business uh, academically and in the workplace. And uh, over time, I became interested in Businesses mission and that kind of morphed into more workplace as ministry Mm -hmm. and so uh through this these different seasons of life god started um really kind of defining i guess a a call in my life for workplace ministry but equipping others for that Mm
2: -hmm. so uh, how how did how did jesus get a hold of you (laughs) i was five
3: years i was five years old so you
2: grew up in a Christian family?
3: I, I did. Yeah. My dad was a first generation believer. And then he shared, you know, his faith. He became a Christian as, as a young man. Uh and then at five years old, I really did make a conscious decision uh to follow Jesus. And as a child, even remember just being hungry to learn God's word. And so I'd spend time as a in elementary school just reading the Bible on my own and and uh just uh praying and I remember God answering very specific prayers at that age and so yeah he really uh got a hold of me early
2: (laughs) what's one example of a specific prayer that he answered I was about
3: five six maybe seven years old something like that and I had a stomach ache and I went to my dad and said dad I don't feel well I feel sick and he's like well why don't you go pray about that so I remember going to the bathroom and kneeling down and praying about this really bad stomach ache got up and walked out was gone uh got it like he wow. just I, he just like healed it boom so that really um left an impression on me now has he done that every time since no <laughs> he said yeah, all right, okay all right. <laughs> but that was something that he did at a very early age to help me understand I I a
2: picture of that <laughs> what i'm imagining is the toilet as your altar it was. <laughs> and uh you know kneeling down at that
3: and and it wasn't because i was trying to get something out of my mouth either stomach it was like he actually answered the prayer so
2: amen uh. amen okay good well that that rings a bell with me my dad was a pastor and and i can't remember a time ever in my life that i didn't love jesus Mm. you know Mm -hmm. the, the you know the conversion experience, I guess, was just as a decision. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to publicly acknowledge, mm-hmm. you know, what I believe, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I was a little older, maybe seven.
3: Okay. So you were yeah. pretty
2: precocious. At finding out way <laughs> to well, and the
3: thing is, Bob, is that he has demonstrated his uh, love for me as my papa uh, from a very young age mm-hmm. and um, through uh, down times, up times, thick and thin um i've definitely known that he is there he listens and he he really cares and so yeah. through these different experiences of uh very personal uh relationship uh it's just reinforced to me over and over again that god is real and <laughs> and uh yeah he he loves me and he loves how, others john how important was
2: uh the example of your dad or your, or your, and or your parents, you know, in that realization of who God was,
3: uh, very important. My dad, my dad was definitely not when he became. He wasn't. He didn't. wasn't He came from a pretty troubled background, so when he accepted Christ, it was a pretty dramatic turnaround for him. And um, uh, he shared how God had answered prayers as a young believer for him, and that really impacted me. Mm. And and then I remember sometimes we grew up seasons of our family we grew up in poverty and I remember God answering specific prayers to provide and uh healing like my brother fell off we were doing some construction project he fell off a second story broke his neck Uh, our church happened to be there at the time helping us they prayed for him boom his his neck was healed you know (laughs) and uh the x-rays showed he had a broken neck we called the 911 they came picked him up took him to the hospital said well his neck was fra- his neck's fractured but there's like it's it's, it's there's nothing he's healed like that's all healed over so those kinds of things throughout life have really reinforced it and my dad did devotions with us nightly you know uh, reading the bible together and uh, so on yeah so it's very formative so when my we years.
2: start when we talk about uh, being Jesus hands and feet it sounds like you, your experience is that one of the most important places to begin that
3: is with your children absolutely Amen. absolutely i have an 11 year old daughter and that's top of mind for me <laughs> it's Amen. how to disciple her yeah and ultimately the decision is hers what she yeah. does with that and um but i still feel that strong sense of calling to disciple her
2: right okay the baton exchange tell us unpack for us you know how what what's the strategy in general i know i know i've, I've seen the chart that you mm-hmm. showed me the last time we talked and it was mind-blowing mm-hmm. <laughs> also complex so right right how, could, how can you how can you describe to our listeners and viewers um, mm-hmm. what the process is
3: yeah so with these young adults i really believe they have capacity to influence and impact culture for christ you know as a redemptive influencer so the question that i had as i was starting to develop baton exchange and the equipping ministry is well what does it take to be an influence for christ in the workplace and kind of reverse engineering that and essentially came up with some a holistic a holistic approach to developing young adults which meaning so like if so, for example, no one really could care about what you think about Jesus if you're incompetent in your work.
2: Yeah. You
3: have no credibility in the workplace. If you're lazy and also your character, if you're lazy, if you're backstabbing people, people don't want to hear what you have to say about right. Jesus. It's right. inconsistent. So what we try to do is we help them develop professional skills, uh, these professional competencies, help them cultivate character that's important to employers. Help them understand uh, a calling. How's God wired them and designed them I can influence mm-hmm. how you might want to use them? Um, we look at the core issues of the heart, uh, like identity. We just had a, a, a roundtable last night online of uh, how our identity or our, our self-perspective influences the desi- key decisions that we make.
2: Right.
3: Uh, so core heart issues, um, Christ issues. How do we think about work? What does God think about work? And then, so that's kind of like a, a biblical worldview approach. And then the uh, capacity has to do with their leadership capacity. Most of the folks that we work with aren't working with, they don't have direct reports yet. They're fresh out of college. Maybe they're 24, 25, 26. Right. But they can influence their peers. They can influence their boss. And if we think about leadership as being influenced, we can certainly equip young adults to be influencers.
2: Yeah. How? how two questions. Number one, how many people, young people, are you dealing with uh, at a given time, for example, right now? Yeah. And number the second question is, how do they hear about you? Okay. How do you make connection with them?
3: Yeah. So answer to the first question, I'm not going to give the impression that we're some big ministry. We're not. <laughs> we're pretty small. So you're looking at the only paid employee. We have volunteers and so on. But uh, through our media ministry, which would be online videos. Mhm. Um we're touching about 2 to 300 a week through that. And that's you placed on our people
2: our, who are watching the videos. Yeah,
3: people who are watching the videos. So that's posted through our social media platforms.
2: Okay.
3: So 2 to 300 a week through that. And then as we go more uh intense with the equipment we have fewer. So we have a Thursday night group of just a handful of young professionals and some leader uh, mentors who are part of that process. Um, And then we have online learning community. or That's a learning community. So it varies. Um, Over the years, we've placed about, matched about 80 mentors in three states, mentor matches, adults. And um, we now have, uh, we have alumni in different parts of the world, which is pretty fun. And some of those alum have cycled through our board of directors, which is also kind of cool. So how
2: many, you, you talk about global. Uh how many countries are represented in the in those do you train? Yeah,
3: so we have probably twenty, a little over twenty countries and region, twenty countries represented. Now again, that's not like large numbers per you know, like numbers of people in those countries, but it's been very cross-cultural for us.
2: And those who go to another country, do they stay in touch with you and you yeah. work through them to yes.
3: work them? Some do, some don't. <laughs> so uh yep, some are um yeah. Some are, uh, we still keep in touch. Even some of them have cycled back through as volunteers for us and kind sure. of zoom in or whatever. So we had that oh, a few months ago with someone in China, for example, who went okay. through something like 10 years ago.
2: Okay, let me just take a quick break here to let those who are listening and are watching to know that you're listening and watching the King of the Stories. And we have John Scrogan with us from the Baton Exchange. He's the founder and director of this organization, which attempts to equip young leaders in the business in the marketplace to be leaders in the sense of being examples of people mm-hmm. who follow Jesus and to be influencers of those in their in the place of their of their work. Right. So, right. Right. So you you in summary, uh, from what I picked up, you have about three people, three hundred people at a given time that are in contact with you through your social media, but then you have online training,
3: right? So we call those learning communities. So those would be almost you can think of almost like a small group. So we have anywhere from three to six young professionals and college students in that, along with a mentor to. Online and so the vision is is to multiply those online groups. Um, and right now, I've been turning over leadership to those young adults so that we can multiply.
2: <laughs> good, good, good. Tell us, tell us some stories. Sure. The results of.
3: Sure. What, well, I'll tell you the. You do. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the first story. It's actually like uh, it's a catalyst for me to continue doing what I do. And it's unfortunately kind of a, a sad story to start with. But it's a catalyst. So, um, I when I was working in the marketplace in business development, um, I was part of a young professionals uh, club, and I met Mike in that club. And Mike had been a believer. And in fact, he was leading Bible studies on campus uh, at a large university, and uh, he was getting discipled. He was discipling others, and he was in a leadership role. But what happened for Mike is, is when he he was in he was in a, was in a, a business major. And when he went into the world of banking and was no longer, he did that campus to career transition he's no longer on campus getting really good discipleship, he had trouble uh, plugging into a faith community that was similar to what he experienced on campus right. in that campus ministry. So he walked away from his faith and that's where I met him. When I met him, he was kind of vacillating back and forth. And so it's like I discovered that there's way too many mics, unfortunately, out there who... When they move from campus to career, they're walking away from their faith, and I I don't really want to see that happen. I want to help stand in the gap, so that's what we're trying to do. And so, how do
2: you how do you work with them, dude?
3: So we just continue. You know, we we've lost touch, frankly. That was many. I that was like fifteen twenty years ago that I was in that in that role, and uh, but now it's really motivated me to help. How can we step in the gap for the mics? out there mm-hmm. and so an example one example would be benny uh, benny actually was a top uh top graduate student for a high state university uh mba and he um he heard about our ministry and through someone else who was in it and so uh, we connected he wanted a mentor so benny's one of these guys he won the presidential award from the university for his grad studies and um uh, He just found it hard to believe that you could follow Jesus and be a successful business person. Mm -hmm. And I said, Well, let me tell you about Dave. (laughs) And Dave was my mentor. And Dave was also on our board of directors and just loved Jesus so much. And Dave had been the Harvard MBA guy, he was a global senior vice president of a billion dollar company. And so I said, Okay, Benny, let's meet Dave. (laughs) You can see that it is possible. to really be from the worldly from the eyes of of maybe the culture be extremely successful in your occupation and still be successful following jesus right and so i met, I matched him in a mentoring relationship, and it really opened benny's eyes so now today ten years so Benny eventually started on our board of directors today now he's a a global leader for a global business, and uh he's still following jesus and we keep connected and so on. So Benny is a great example of the importance of walking alongside young adults and showing them, you know what, you can excel in what you do and excel in your faith.
2: Amen. Yeah, I really <clears throat> resonate with the time frame that you just unpacked, 10 mm. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that means there are a lot of ministries that start up and, you know, they come and go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. When you have a story, the first story that you told, you know, has a, a longevity of 10 years, that that means a great deal to me. Mm. Uh, it mm-hmm. really is the, the stamp of authenticity. Mm. And I love that. Mm. I but can tell never- you, Bob, the 10
3: years hasn't been all rosy. That's been like a journey, well, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> of, of God's faithfulness, you know.
2: Yeah, but, but hanging in there during that time, those non-rosy right. times. Right, you know, It means it a great deal uh, in right. and, and Right, uh, take. Tell 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 us another story that, that
3: illustrates. Sure, that. there there was a, another one. Um, uh, Jeremy. This is more a little more recent. Last three or four years. Uh, Jeremy's not on our board, but Jeremy's like a um, he's a, a online counselor and he's also part of the Air National Guard. And so, uh, Jeremy. We just provide some of these practical tools, right, for them to be, to be successful influencers. And I just taught him a typical, it's not original with me, but the acronym FORM, F-O-R-M. Using that as a conversational tool, oftentimes you can do that with starting a conversation or having a conversation for initiating spiritual conversations. But what Jeremy did is he learned what is, that. What is FORM? Oh, FORM. It's just a way to do small talk. So FORM is F, family. If you don't know what to talk about with someone... Family. O is occupation. What do you do? R is recreation. What do you like to do for fun? M is meaning. What brings you meaning? What motivates you?
2: I like it. Can I use that?
3: Oh, absolutely. I (laughs) borrowed it. Okay. And so Jeremy took that, what he learned, and he took it to his church. And Jeremy basically got a he's part of a ministry that inside the church that helps a lot of young men. So he brought all these men together, the pastor, some of the church leaders, and then he taught that. To them, so they okay. could use it in conversations. Right. And so I love to see that multiplication effect where people are taking something they're learning and then teaching others. Uh, so that was something that Jeremy passed on that he had learned.
2: Yeah. So, so what, what, would, what would you say to a pastor of a local church that has young people in it? Um, unfortunately, some don't. Mm -hmm. let's assume that they do and they're young people who are just getting started in their business career. What would, what would be your counsel to them?
3: Involve them, engage them (laughs) and uh, in part of actually walk alongside them, help mentor them and, um, you know, allow them to take on some leadership roles as they show themselves, you know, trustworthy kind of little by little. Uh, They have a, They need to be uh, equipped and they need to be encouraged. And uh, if you have gray hairs (laughs) in the congregation. I have a few. Yep. Try to get them connected to each other, you know, in mentoring relationships. And sometimes both sides, like the younger ones are kind of like, well, I don't know what to talk about. And the older one's like, well, I don't know what to talk about. It's like, well, just get them together for coffee and give them a couple tools to talk to each other and get it started.
2: Good. I like that. I, I really like that. How many churches, evangelical churches, do you know, what percentage would you say um, ha- have this kind of sensitivity toward the young business people in their in their congregations?
3: Yeah, well, I, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I'd say it's pretty, probably pretty slight. Um, as we typically think about our culture is starting to move more toward um, or the church is starting to move more toward a theology of work but I think it's still really lacking. So how can pastors encourage and equip their folks to think about their workplace as ministry, as a place to operate in their ministry? So uh, it's still pretty, very, very, very slim margin.
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of work to do.
3: A lot of work to do. That's right. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: Um, And so
2: what would you say to the individual who's listening how could they be Jesus' hands and feet in this way?
3: Um, I would say reach out to a young adult. You know, they believe it or not, they really many of them really do want mentors. They want someone to walk along. They want a guide by the side, not a sage on the stage, kind of borrowing some other okay, people's like kind that. of, yeah. you know, they want someone to walk alongside them, share life with them, grab a cup of coffee, just see how they're doing. And uh, so be in, invite them over to your house for supper, you know so t- uh, take yeah. the
2: initiative
3: take the initiative and don't be discouraged because uh, the demographic is so many of them don't have a lot of ties of responsibility so they can kind of be a lot more footloose and fancy free than what we prefer in our interactions so you got to be patient and persistent
2: <laughs> yeah I, i've in my experience uh john i've discovered that that young people really want that yeah they do but they don't know how to To start it,
3: right, right.
2: How to initiate it? So uh, I think that for gray hairs like me, you know, it it's important for us to to take that initiative, right, and to look for those young people who you know who might be floundering, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and just hey, how would you like to have a cup of coffee?
3: Yep, yep, yep. Don't feel awkward about it. Just do it.
2: John, thank you so much for your willingness to spend time with us today. And I've been encouraged, and I'm sure our listeners have. And may the Lord bless you as you continue to uh, to advance His kingdom by taking an interest in young people and mentoring them in the ways of the kingdom and in the ways of how do we how do we live the kingdom through our vocational life.
3: Well, thanks so much, Bob, for the opportunity. God bless you. You as well. Thanks. Jesus defines discipleship
1: as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.